Good morning, and welcome to our public witness today, September 10th, 2020. My name is Maria Elena Perales, and I am part of St. Joseph Jester Center team. And on behalf of the Sisters of St. Joseph of Orange, I welcome you to today's public witness prayer. Our theme for today is, how does our faith guide us to address stereotypes and foster repentance? and racial reconciliation. Our panelists for today are Honorine Uwimana. She's a St. Joseph worker, a volunteer from Rwanda in East Africa. She is currently serving at our Regina residence. As Honorine would like to say, she's using her healthcare background and her writing flair to beat the drum of social justice. Today, she will be sharing about her experience and perspective on racial injustice. We also have Yesenia Altamirano. She is a member of the St. Joseph Justice Center team. Our program for today includes song, prayer, testimony from honoring, an opportunity to reflect and take action, and a closing prayer. So let's begin our prayer with a song. People been talking about it. We won't just stand here in silence. Can't stop the fire from rising, rising.
start with an opening prayer. God of infinite mercy, you pierce through our social definitions of what is human and who deserves dignity through Jesus Christ and gave us a new definition of who is our neighbor. Forgive our lack of empathy selfish impulses, profound indifference, and our individual and collective role in perpetuating racial injustices. Remind us that each human life is sacred and makes us dwellings of your love and will of justice. Open our eyes to the diverse faces of Christ. Push us from the sidelines where we witness injustice done upon our brothers and sisters of color and help us create a church and a nation that welcome. Include and support everyone without prejudice. Amen. One year ago, I came to the United States of America from my beautiful home country, Rwanda, a tiny country in the east of Africa that has experienced one of the most tragic moments that the world saw after World War II. The genocide of 1994 perpetrated against Tutsi, a racial mass killing that was perpetrated to exterminate people from the ethnic group of Tutsi. In 100 days, close to 1 million people were killed, both Tutsi and Hutus who didn't want to take part in those atrocities. The country counted widows, orphans, displaced families, and separated families, a population that was traumatized and mourning. I grew up with and in the consequences of the genocide of 1994, mourning the death of my own sister and many family members who didn't get to choose what they wanted to look like at birth. I grew up knowing the consequences of magnifying differences and judging people based on their looks, on their physical features. 
For the time I have been here in the United States, I've got an opportunity of going to the stores. And so many times I've seen a security guard following me from a close distance or observing me from a close view. And anytime I counted such an experience to my friends, among which people of color, I would be told that it is normal for a person of my skin tone. And that in fact, in the future, to avoid such incidents, I should make sure that I keep my hands out of my pockets and if possible in a clear view. Not to talk about the number of times where I went in a group of non-black people being the only person of color and I was the only one asked to show my identification document. To see more everyday experiences when people assume things that I know or do not know, things that I have experienced or did not experience on the basis, on the basis of the color of my skin or my origins. The tragic killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery are a living testimony of the biases, the prejudices that lie within us, that is proliferating into hate and violence. But how do we get here? How do we get here was the question that my people were asking themselves when the genocide of 1994 happened. How do we get here? How do we get to the point of not wanting each other alive? To the point of taking cities and burning people? How do we get here? And that is the same question that we here in the United States of America should dare to ask ourselves an answer. How did we get here? This is what I have to share with you today with the intention and hope that it does not only stimulate an important theoretical engagement, but that it inspire us to take an advanced action against racial discrimination. I believe that there is an urgency for us to expand our gaze beyond the tragic events that have marked our headlines for the last six months and look within ourselves. Acknowledge the presence of racism, stereotypes that push us to the age of hate and violence. The genocide that happened in Rwanda did not start with people taking machetes, killing each other, burning houses, and women being raped. It started long before, in the late 50s, with the dehumanization of people. People being forced out of their homes, 
their schools, their properties, even their country. People being reduced to something less than humans. And that where we here in the United States, that where we are driving, that the sad fate we are driving through, if you continue to see black people as a different breed, if we continue to lift our attitudes and institutions that uphold white supremacy and preach black inferiority, need to take a break and acknowledge the roots of racism, the roots of prejudice and hate that exist in us. Uh, for the last three months or so, I got into conversations with my friends, among them non-Black people. Conversations that were met with a lot of denial, defensiveness, and argumentation. Arguments like having Black friends in their cycle, growing up in homes where they never got to talk about racism or seeing a Black person offended, their admiration of people of color in administration offices, and their aspiration towards travel to Africa as a justification of their anti-racism. Anti-racism is not standing on the edge of the problem. Being non-racist, being neutral, doesn't help in solving this problem. We need to have this talk around our tables. We need to have this talk in our cycles of friends. Consider how you treat people of color. Consider how you pay attention to the privilege that is given to you or denied to you because of the color of your skin and how you are using that privilege to advocate for the rights or the privilege of those undermined by the systems. Racism is not about a black man being shot seven times in the back. It goes beyond that. Racism is also about the quiet, corrosive words, actions that we do and find acceptable, tolerable, okay towards black people, but that we wouldn't dare do to a white person. That is racism. I will say this again, we need to have these conversations. Having this talk is the prerequisite to repentance and repentance is the prerequisite to reconciliation. We need to talk about race. We need to unveil the layers of racism that exist in us and around us. We have failed to truth and reconciliation because we don't want to talk about it. It is hard to talk about, but it is worthy 
and it is the only way to avoid hate, violence, and events like the ones that happened in my country and left a big scar on its map. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here was always the question that history was faced with after the abolition of slavery, the civil rights movement, the independence of colonized nations around the world, and the end of the apartheid. Where do we go from here? Where did we go after seeing a black man mercilessly being killed while begging for a breath? Where did we go after watching a black woman being killed in her bed by a police officer? Where do we go from here? Where do we go from this prayer? Thank you. After hearing Honorine's powerful testimony, let's reflect on the following questions. What do you see when you see a person of color? Again, what do you see when you see a person of color? Let's be sincere. Let's write down everything that comes to our minds. Think of moments you had an explicit or implicit bias towards a person of color or people of color. How are you committing to change that? Again, think about moments you've had an explicit or implicit bias towards a person or people of color, and how are you committing to change that? Do you pay attention to the privilege afforded or not by social and political systems because of your skin color? Do you pay attention to the privilege afforded or not by social and political systems because of your skin color? Do you find discomfort in talking about racism or when your privilege as a non-black person is questioned or challenged? Do you find discomfort in talking about racism or when your privilege as a non-black person is questioned or challenged? If so, what measures are you taking to heal from that fragility? As Honorine shared, we have to call ourselves out when we are speaking about racism and ask ourselves, how did we get here? And we also invite you to reflect upon the questions today as you go out into the world. How will I commit to good trouble? Where do I go from here? 
What actions will I take? Can I examine my own biases and consider where they may have originated? And once again, we invite you to reflect upon the questions as you go out through your day. Let us pray. Dear God, in our efforts to dismantle racism, we understand that we struggle not merely against, against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Those institutions and systems that keep racism alive perpetuating the lie that some members of the family are inferior and others superior, creating us a new mind and heart that will enable us to see brothers and sisters in the faces of those divided by racial categories. Give us the grace and strength to rid ourselves of racial stereotypes that oppress some of us while providing entitlements to others. Help us to create a church and a nation that embraces the hopes and fears of oppressed people of color where we live, as well as those around the world. Heal your family, God. America's one with you. In union with our brother Jesus, and empowered by your Holy Spirit. Thank you all for joining us today. And a special thank you to all those who contributed to making this public witness possible, to honoring Kijasanya. And you have a good, a good rest of the day. And thank you very much.